a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. My name is Neil Anderson, and welcome to my podcast. This is Return to Real. Today, I've got, I don't know, this isn't even a controversial topic anymore, but there are controversies surrounding it. So I thought we'd go off on the first day of summer and talk to the leaders in our industry about survival swimming. And this is that stuff, and I was told by Tanner that this isn't just limited to little kids, but this is the stuff you see. And I'm going to challenge you right now. What you ought to do is jump on the Google and type in survival swimming and watch some of the miracles that are happening right now. In fact, Tanner, Tanner Vale, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Good to have you. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me on here. I got onto your Facebook page at Vale Aquatics, V-A-I-L. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. At Vale Aquatics on Facebook at Vail underscore aquatics on Instagram. And we, uh, there's some really neat things on there. There are, you're teaching kids, (laughs) adults, anybody's survival swimming techniques, but the more interesting ones to me are the little tiny babies. Yeah. (laughs) Teach babies to save themselves. Yeah, I do. Uh, as early as six months, actually, Uh, the sooner, the sooner, the better to really ingrain um, these kind of reactions that they can have with the water and and really teach them how to save themselves. You Um, mean torture, of course. Like, you don't mean ingrain, you mean torture. (laughs) Yeah, I've been called that it's, uh, told that it's been torture, but. (laughs) Tanner, I couldn't believe, we don't want to get into this yet, but I couldn't believe the hate that I read not in your specific stuff. In fact, everything I read about you specifically was extremely positive. It's one of the reasons why Kenny had me reach out to you and why I'm so interested in having you on the show. You're, you're obviously terrific at what you do the, um, and great with kids. It's, uh, you, all your stuff is super positive. But that being said, there are people in the world that literally believe you're the devil incarnate. Yeah, yeah. We'll get true. into that, but I do want to teach <laughs> you throughout the show because I, I think it's it's an interesting thing. Um, but to start off on a very positive note, I did read that the oh, I, I forgot where I read it, and I think it was specifically about you. This is one of your kids. Um, somebody wrote a thank you note that I read, and it was something like, "We stepped away for one minute. We have no intention ever of leaving a kid by a pool, and we must have not. We weren't. We hadn't left him. We had turned away." And we turned around and found our little, oh, I forget his name. It doesn't matter anyway, floating face up in a pool at 11 months. And yeah. they go, I don't know how long he was there 
or any of that. But what I do know is he was sitting there happy as a clam. <laughs> and isn't that the best story? Yeah. Isn't that the best outcome? That's what you want. You had a lot of those. Let's talk about this. How'd you get into it? Well, first of all, no. What is survival swimming? What's your definition of this? Specifically, what, do, what is it? So survival swimming is, is honestly being able to let your kid be fully by themselves, be able to fall into the water and not only um, turn around, flip up and breathe, but also kick to the side of the pool, grab the wall and turn around and either climb out, crawl to the side or call for help. But it's survival. It's so that they just as simple as it sounds so they can survive because you're not always going to be there to watch them as these stories that uh, you'll hear about kids falling in when nobody's watching and it happens in a second. And so I teach these kids to be able to do it by themselves without any help. Yeah, because that's not the thing, right? You are going to be there. You plan to be there all the time. You've never once thought that you would leave your child near a swimming pool, especially not that young. Um, but things happen. Yep. Things happen. It wouldn't be the first tragedy. I was reading the American um, Academy of Pediatrics, and it was saying that drowning incidents and drowning accidents are the number one or a leading cause of death in infants. It is, and it's so sad because it's, it's honestly, it's so easy to teach these kids how to um, have these life-saving skills. It's, it's, you have the right person, and it's not hard. It just takes some time, you know, a few weeks, and, and then they're golden. Um, I was going to say, I'll bet it's not that easy. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's all relative to who you're talking to. Right. Uh, but I love what I do. This is my favorite thing I've ever done. And so. How'd you get into this? So I, uh, so I've been doing this for eight years and, um, uh, I started out, you know, I was taught by, uh, this lady that kind of been doing it for about 25 years or so. And she, um, she said, Hey, I need, I need another person to, to teach with me. And can you be my fourth instructor? And so, you know, I always loved kids. I actually wanted to be a, a pediatrician for the longest time. And um, I just took this job and, and followed everything that she taught me how to do. And, and I realized just, I just love being able to save kids. And, and it makes such a huge difference because um, if you ever got a kid that can't swim, you can tell, you know, they avoid the water or they've got, um, a life jacket on 24 seven. And it's a lot of work watching a kid, um, you know, at well, the swimming pool. That life jacket thing, that's, that's dangerous, isn't it? Um, I was reading a little bit up on that. And one of the things they were saying is the last thing you want to do is get those puddle jumpers, you know, that, that uh, it has a like water wings that go around yeah. your rib cage and then the, another water wing on the other side and you put them on. One of the things that I was reading is, the last thing you want to teach your child do is, is rely on a device like that. Do you agree with that? Oh, I completely agree with that. A lot of the times they don't even have floaties on the backside. And so you can flip um, and actually get stuck underwater. Cause it, it's also teaching kids that staying upright is what you want to do on the water. And you don't have to worry about holding your breath and you don't have to worry about 
um, laying down or anything like that. It's the worst thing that a kid can be taught. And even though we're not telling them to do these things, they're learning that by being in this floaty. And so you take that away and what will they do? They fall in the water and they're upright because that's all they've ever done when they're in a pool with a floaty. And so, and they're so confident. They don't care, right? They've been in the water. They're used to it. It's like, yes, water, no problem. Nothing to be afraid of. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, so, you know, I taught swimming lessons today and this boy that I'm teaching, he, uh, is so confident in the water, confident jumping in the water, not confident in how to keep his mouth closed and, and prevent water from getting in. And so he would jump in first, second lesson. And I'm like, Oh, he's great. He's confident. But, um, as soon as he went underwater, he didn't bob back up like he expected. And I watched him. I just wanted to see how far uh, his confidence would take him. I mean, he immediately started to panic and I picked him up and I talked to him about it, but um, you know, he's three and, uh, and that's, that's what they would do. The confidence takes them into the water, but they haven't learned the skill um, to be able to, to survive before they come to me. So scary. That is a, a scary thing. That's something that when I had little ones, I, they're not that little anymore, but I didn't think of it. I thought I was doing them a favor by yeah. putting them in these little life jackets, getting them used to the water, letting them have fun in the water. I never once even thought about it. I never thought. I just made sure they always had that on, but you're right. Lunchtime, yeah. that thing comes off, right? Yeah. I mean, I've even heard stories of older kids that are playing with the little ones at a pool party and the, the, the little one has the life jacket on. They're, they're totally fine as long as it stays on and whatnot. But the older kids take the life jackets off of the little ones. And I've heard that where they've taken it off and then the little one's like, okay, we're fine. I'll jump in with the older kids. And I've heard so many stories of the parents saying, yeah, suddenly they didn't have their life jacket on. And I was out talking with so-and-so and that's all it takes. It just takes a few moments. Right. And the real problem with that is that I was, I learned today drowning position. There's a, yeah. it teaches the kid to sit upright and that's what you were calling yep. it. They, they learn to stand in the water because they have that floaty device. And that's what professionals I understand call drowning position. Yeah. The drowning position. And I have to undo that when I teach a child that has been in a floaty for a long time, maybe a year or two, depending on how old they are, I have to undo that and show them you don't just sit and look underwater. You don't look for anybody to help you because when you're by yourself, you got no one else but you. So I teach them to lay down, to put their head back, to hold their, their breath until you know they're in a better position. And it's amazing when you see kids that have gone through this program of mine and are starting to put the pieces together and then suddenly they can, they got it. You know, they jump in, they can hold their breath, pop up and be floating within just a few moments. And they're totally fine. Describe for me the process. And then I want to go to a special guest that I have on, but describe the process to me. What's the first lesson? What are we teaching them? How is how do you go about doing it? Yeah, so 
first lesson, uh, you know, I, I like to do at least 10 lessons. It's not a two lesson thing, a five lesson thing. Um, so at least 10 lessons. And that first lesson, I actually spend doing kind of a fun lesson. They get used to me because a big thing with working with kids is if they don't trust you, they don't care what you're saying and they're not going to listen to you. And if they're not going to listen to you, they're going to have a very hard time when I'm saying, keep your mouth closed, you know, put your belly up, do, do these things. And if they don't care about you because they feel like you don't care about them, it's going to take a lot longer. And so that first lesson is building trust and then seeing where they're okay. Are they okay with going underwater? Do they hold their mouth, you know, or uh, hold their breath? And, and then second lesson, we start laying down a little bit, starting to see where their limit is. And then we slowly build on that. And, you know, if the previous day they didn't like going underwater, we do it the next day and then we start going underwater and then they're okay with that. And then we build it and then we start laying down and we, so it's gradual. I don't just chuck them in a lot of, a lot of people in the comment sections that I've read of, of other videos, you know, cause the videos are look at this child and they just fling them into the water and then they float and everyone's like, wow, that's a great first lesson. And I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. That's probably 30 lessons. <laughs> Right. How long is a lesson? Let's say the very first day you get your, uh, you, you go, you get in with them um, and they're just not having you because you kind of have that, that boyish charm, but there's a little Oscar the Grouch in there. Like how long will that <laughs> lesson typically last? So each lesson is 20 minutes. It's just okay. enough time to really um, to hone down on either correcting behavior or just being more skillful, learning the different things of being safe. But uh, it's 20 minutes every time, whether that's a happy lesson or a, a very grumpy lesson. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's not just we're learning how to be safe in the water, but we're also learning how to handle when somebody is instructing you, handle how to take instruction from a coach and to do it when you're asked and, and whatnot. Cause if you've got a child that struggles listening with teachers or listening to authority or coaches, I mean, that translates to uh, a little bit difficult time as they grow up. And so I, I also see these lessons as you're going to learn how to work with me because I'm going to learn how to work with you and your personality and help you grow so that when you get older, you'll be able to take instruction from any adult or any uh, instructor with whatever you're going to do later on in your life. So this isn't just a, a one summer type thing. This is a whole lifetime of, of lessons. I love that. Any good coach would feel the exact same way about it. Now, it's one thing to hear it from you, though. I want to <laughs> go to somebody who has actually been there on the front line. Kenny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Kendra Halterman here. She's a dear friend from way back and you put the cutest little girl, one <laughs> of the cutest little girls I've ever seen in my whole life with a whole bunch of personality. You put her into Tanner's program. Tell me a little about that. Just from your perspective, what was that like? Because in a minute, we're going to ask Tanner more about his process and stuff, but I want to hear from you specifically what it was like 
You hand her over to the coach. Coach says, I don't know, Tanner, do you call yourself a coach? Uh, instructor. All right. You hand her over <laughs> to the instructor. Does he kick you out? Well, I'm going to kind of just start from the beginning. Um, I, I have three kids. Um, I actually have a 10-year gap between Remy and my next child. And I, I spent many years with my first two kids just going to the rec center, paying to have these cute young teenagers, you know, play patty cake in the water for however long. And it did nothing for my kids. I spent hundreds of dollars taking them to the rec centers, letting them play around, whatever. So when I had Remy, um, I decided that it was super important that she learned how to swim at a young age because we're always around water. We love to travel. We're always around a lake, a pool, whatever. And it was super important to me that I would feel somewhat comfortable if Remy were to ever fall in somewhere that she could at least be floating for a minute until I turned around and saw that she was in the pool. Um, I um, had done some research and um, heard about Tanner and um, I will say my first one or two weeks with Tanner were not fun as a parent to watch. Um, and the reason for that being is because like Tanner said at the beginning, these kids are just used to being in a different position and they don't really love sometimes just floating on their back. And, you know, the other thing, again, what Tanner is saying is a new person, having them trust this new person, teaching them how to do um, these new swim moves and what they need to do to float. Kids are not happy. They're screaming, they're crying. And poor Tanner just has this awesome personality about him that is like trying to keep these kids calm as they're screaming in his face. They're choking on water because they're crying and screaming so hard. And so I will <laughs> say it it was a little rough watching as a mom, watching my kid screaming hysterically for the first one or two weeks of, of swimming. Now, what I will say is me as a parent, I would never just take my kid to just 10 lessons. It was never, it's not enough. I feel like that was just the beginning of what happened with Remy. Um, I decided to keep Remy in the swimming starting from a year and a half and she's still swimming today but starting at a year and a half within the first probably I would say probably two to three full um lessons with Tanner she was floating on her back and she probably could save herself and then as she just started to progress Remy was jumping in from the diving board going down a slide before she was two years old and she could get to a side by herself so yep. here we are, cute little Remy's a year and a half. You throw her in the water. She knows how to survive. Obviously, she's traumatized and hates the water by now, right? <laughs> oh, well, she was traumatized at the beginning. But as time got on, Remy loved it. She loved the water. She loved Tanner. She was excited to go. Um, and it was just really, really fun to watch her progress and see how she felt around the water, that she was finally aware of the surroundings of water and that she was getting comfortable around the water. And it was just really nice to see how she like progressed over this time. Because like I said, at the beginning, it wasn't that fun and exciting. But do you ever, now- Do you ever get second thoughts and think, you know what, this isn't nice. I'm not taking I, it. I will be, I will say I was that parent that had to leave. I left the first week 
and walked away because I just didn't, as a mom, obviously you don't want to hear your child screaming. And so, and it wasn't that Tanner was being mean or dunking or doing crazy things. It was just, he's a new person. He was just trying to play with her, trying to get her, you know, to do float on her back, just little small basic things. But again, it's just these kids just think, you know, it's a new person, water, trying to float in a different position. So it's just really getting them used to that. I love that perspective. Thanks, Kenny. I want to get back to Tanner and ask him some more questions. So we just heard Kenny. Kenny can be intense. And I'm imagining <laughs> at some point a little intimidating. Um, I've never seen her like that. I'm lying. <laughs> but you must get that, right? Like there must be moms oh, yeah. that are like, listen, I'm sick of this. You can no longer take my kid and, and do that. Like what's your process for dealing with some of these moms um, and kids. The, yeah, no, I, I hear that. You know, I've taught for, for eight years and, uh, and I teach around, you know, like eight hours a day. And so, you know, 20, 20 minutes per lesson, you know, it's three kids an hour, you know, it's anywhere from like, you know, 25 to 30 kids a day that I teach and I've been doing it for eight years and I love it. I love the, this sounds crazy and I love telling it to people too, because it just blows their mind. But I love the hard kids. I love the kids that are super stubborn that uh, think they can get away with things that think it, that it's, it's playtime. It's their time. This isn't instructor time. This isn't, I'm not here to learn. I'm here to do whatever I want. And you can tell that those, those kids, that's probably how they are at home. And I love teaching those kids because one, life isn't that way. Going to your job, it's not that way. Going to school, it's not that way. It's not always about you. I know they're young, but it's, you're never too young to learn an important lesson. And so I say, bring all your hard kids. And, and I remember Remy being so sweet. She still is, <laughs> but she, uh, you know, loved the water, loved me. And then you start introducing the things that they're uncomfortable with. Wait, you're, you're making me do these things. Wait, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And yet we still are. Why are we? And so they, they'll freak out and they'll hate it because they're being told no when they feel like it should have been a yes. And, and then they, they start to realize that, Oh, you don't hate me. You're just trying to help me survive. Cause you got to show them this is what would happen if I weren't here. If nobody were here, this isn't you versus me. This is you and me versus the water. I love that thought. I want to get back to that thought. There are other things we need to discuss too. Um, but I got to take a break. The thing I want to talk about are, I want you to, if you would, please. Um, oh yes. Could you discuss the specific controversies? I'll bring them up and I'd like to hear your thoughts on things like PTSD and drowning and such. Um, Folks, you are listening to Return to Real, the Honest Health and Fitness podcast right here with Tanner Vale, um, with Tanner Vale Aquatics, or sorry, Vale Aquatics on Facebook. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Neil Anderson on Return to Real, the health, the honest health and fitness podcast. Excited to be with 
Tanner Bale today. Tanner Bale is with Bale Aquatics, and he does this instruction called survival swimming. And he claims that you can take a kid as young as a year and a half and help train them to save themselves in a pool. And that seems crazy, but you said something I thought hyperbolic. I want to ask you about that. When we very first came on, you said, I'd take kids as young as six months and teach them this. Is that true? Yep. Yep. It's, it's definitely true. They, kids are so smart. When they're that young, all they're thinking about, honestly, is what do I do to survive? What do I do to eat? So, you know, what do I do to, to get what I want? So they're very simple. And so, you know, when they're hungry, they cry. When they're frustrated, they cry. And so when you're teaching them to float, they don't, uh, they don't care too much about, um, oh, I don't want to be in the pool anymore. I don't want to do this or, or whatever. And so when they're in that scenario where water is going over your face, what do you do? And so they, they just learn as they go. And they're so, they have such a strong natural sense of how to survive that it's, you know, teaching babies can actually be easier than teaching a toddler because toddlers start to develop behavioral patterns and their own opinion and, and babies, they just, they're just going to do it. They're not going to go through all of the six months old. You can teach them as young as six months. Yep. They, uh, they take a little bit longer, um, rightly so because they are learning to hold their breath, to, to breathe at the right time, where to put their hands. And I show them that. A lot of it is showing. I can talk to them, but they don't quite understand uh, what, my, what my words mean. But they understand my tone of voice and my soft, you know, hand, <clears throat> hand movements. And, you know, I, you know, I rub their head and I talk to them softly as they are floating and as they uh, go through that struggling um, those lessons, but they do it. And it's, it's the best thing to witness. And it's always a roller coaster with the parents because I've seen it a million times. I know what I'm doing and I know what the signs look like of how they're progressing, but the parents don't. So it's also reassuring the parents that what's going on is completely normal and they will be successful. And they always I'm, are. I'm so surprised to hear that you even let the parents in there. I guess you got to, right? But I take my daughter to dance and drop her off and they kick me out. They are like, I'm sorry, this is a no parent zone. There's a sign up. This is a no parent zone. Go away. Parents can get in the way. I'll be honest. Who's harder to train, the parents or the kids? (laughs) Parents. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually encouraging. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Is there science behind this, or is this all just stuff that you're taught um, by people that you know and trust? What, What is the science behind this? Behind the survival swimming? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a lot of it's just, you know, a lot of it's mental because with these kids, um, the more you try to think about doing it the right way, the harder it is. And so if you just let go and you lay down and you just put your hands behind your head, you just focus on your breathing, the less you worry about, the better you'll do. And so I think a lot of it is honestly just mental, just emotional, and which I love because I love psychology. I love uh, kids and why they do things. And I think about it all the time. And it, 
it's helped so much with helping each different type of kid become a great swimmer, a great floater and, uh, and save themselves. But it's all in their, it's all in their head. I've had kids fall asleep. (laughs) What do you want the kids to do when they get in? What do you train them to do? Because it looks like there's a very specific technique. So the way I saw it was this, this child entered the water. Um, and I was so surprised in this video I was watching. I've watched a bunch of them. The child doesn't panic. They're happy. They hit the water. It's like, all right, we're on the roller coaster ride. And then eventually they flick over and rise at the top and their hands look like they're in a very specific position and their feet look like they're doing specific things. What is that that you're getting the child to do? Yep. So the position that I, that my goal is to get them in is hands behind your head, elbows out because it opens up your chest. If you're scrunched in, you're going to roll over more. You're going to sink. Also, you'll want to lay out straight, you know, legs out straight, belly up. And so what I tell the kids all the time is you put your head back just enough so, you know, your eyes don't go underwater. Um, But it opens up kind of that, the chest, and then you get your belly up so it's flat with your legs. And so everything is, is flat on top of the water. And what kids will do is, you know, they'll, they'll get their heads up, but their belly is sunk down. And so it's like a V, V shape and they're struggling and they don't, you know, it's, it's a lot harder floating. You know, if you ever try floating, you know, you got to get your, your core, your, your stomach up out of the water. Other people know that. I don't seem to be able to figure that out. I'm going to you. I was so surprised by that because when um, the, ver- the very first time I saw a video of this was going back, I remember in 07, I remember what year it was. And I remember why I, I remember it. It was because the comment section was scathing. They talked about yep. this child. It looked to me like they had taken this child and pushed it into the water. Of course they would not. Yeah. They, had, they had cameras underwater. They were filming a process and I was blown away by it. And I love it because um, I, I, I felt like this was the first time I'd ever seen it in my life. I had no clue that a child <laughs> could do this. And so I'm, I was grateful for that knowledge. But the comments were skating. I'd like you to address some of those comments. The first yeah. comment was, if you do this to a child, if you take this child to the water and you push it in and you make it because it will fight you and it will cry, I'm guessing. Um, yes. And according to Kenny earlier, she was like, yeah, they, they don't <laughs> love it right at first. Um, it will cause PTSD and this PTSD will come out in a lot of really bad ways throughout their lives. Do you agree with that? Um, only to the extent of it's that if that is the last thing you do, say it's lesson three, it's the hard lesson. You've got to start floating on your own and it's scary because now they're not being helped so much. So kids aren't freaking out. The last thing you want to do is stop. If you stop right there, that's the last thing they'll think about with swimming lessons or with the pool. And they'll, they're associating it with the last feelings that they had. But you keep going. As you keep going, they'll start building their confidence. And then it's not so scary. It's just getting over that little hump. The last thing you ever want to do is when a kid is terrified of something is to cement that by not moving forward. 
I love that. That's that's got to be true, right? Besides, um, what's worse, PTSD or death? Or de- yeah, yeah, that's a huge thing. Is a lot of parents say, you know, are you afraid of uh, of scaring the kid or scarring the kid for life? And I'm like, oh, I'm more afraid of them not actually living. And I'd much rather have a kid that is breathing and might be a little, you know, has more respect for the water. I like to use this. It's we're teaching them how to have respect for the water, not fear of the water. Do they drown? The the other thing, there was a, an authority. I'm going to put that in quotes um, in this comment section who was talking about dry drowning. What, what happened was they, of course, were going to inhale water. The second you push them under, they will take a big gasp of of water that you'll resuscitate them. They'll make it out. And three days later, they'll die of pneumonia. Is that a thing? And how do you, so yeah, there is uh now these aren't technically medical terms, but there is the term of there's dry drowning and there's secondary drowning. Dry drowning is when the vocal cords actually spasm and start to close up. And you'll see that actually within, if that were to happen, you'll see the signs of it, you know, them struggling to breathe or whatever within an hour. Okay. And so it's, it's not something that happens days later with, uh, with the vocal cords uh, spasming. And, and then, and that can also happen drinking water or being in the bathtub. You just need water for that to happen. And, um, and then there's, the secondary drowning, which is when water gets, you know, you inhale it, water's in your lungs. And, you know, it's something that kind of happens over a few days and the kid will just get tired or, um, but that honestly is so small. It's, it's almost like a, a lightning strike. It, it virtually never happens. I, in eight years have never had an incident uh, where I've seen that or have been around an instructor that has seen that. It's, they say it's out of all the drownings that kids, um, that happen to kids every year, it's only one or 2% of the drownings that it's actually the cause of death is by um, secondary drowning. And so 99 to 98% of the time, they're going to drown in a pool the, the normal way. And so don't be afraid of the 1% by putting off the 99. It sounds to me like that's a a story kind of made to support the fact that children aren't supposed to go in the water more than anything. It sounds to me like that's something that somebody's talking about. It feels to me like that's something you could be on top of too. Eventually um, there'd be signs of that, that if you were yep. really looking for, you could take somebody to the doctor and, and perhaps could help. Who knows? I'm not a doctor, so don't take, don't take bad advice from me. The last thing I would like you to address, which is silly, because I can see it in your eyes. Like We're on <laughs> Zoom right now, so I can tell you're a good guy and that you actually like these kids and that you have the best of intentions. But obviously, the only person that would do this to a child would be a, a sadist bent on torturing <laughs> the souls of a, of a child. How do you, how do you respond to that? And by the way, <laughs> that is all over the internet. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's easy to say when you're, uh, when you're typing it in a, a YouTube comment, but when you're actually there with, with the people that love kids and you see the types of instructors that have been hired to, to help kids, 
um, you, you can tell, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I can tell, I can tell yeah, you're a good guy. I, How do we find you? If somebody wanted to contact you and find out where to get their child, um, started, I know you're very busy, but I'm guessing there's a time you'll, you'll find a way to get them in. How do we get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, you can always, you know, find me on Instagram, especially that's, uh, the main source of all of my information and, and posts, but it's at, uh, veil underscore aquatics, um, on Instagram. And then also I have a Facebook that's just veil aquatics and I post on there, um, regularly. And then you just message me, uh, about swimming lessons when you'd like to get in, how many kids you have, where you're located. I do travel to different pools, um, private pools so these are private lessons they are one-on-one i don't do group lessons because let's be honest the rec center hasn't been showing that that works and uh (laughs) and so but yeah you just reach out you let me know and i'll uh i'll put you on my list i am actually very busy but your kid is is as important as any other kid tanner vale fun and enlightening interview um this is a health and fitness show and I'm really into health and fitness, but if I were to place anything above mine and, and my client's health and fitness, it would be the health and fitness of kids. And there wouldn't be anything more healthy than keeping them alive. So kudos yeah. to you, sir. I'm Thank proud you. of you and, and I'm grateful for the <laughs> service you provide. Um, folks, you've been listening to Tanner Vale um, at Vale Aquatics right here on Return to Real, the Honest Health and Fitness Show. Thanks for joining us today. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.